Welcome to the People Switch Podcast, switching you on to the modern world of work. Each week, we explore the latest trends and topics in company culture, employee experience, and how to build a great place to work. People Switch, turning people on, keeping them engaged. No matter what industry your company's in, your employees are your biggest competitive advantage. If you put your people first, your business will thrive, and it's just that simple. Well, for the most part, a business is made up of smart and capable adults. That's why you hired them, and that's the way you should treat them. It's therefore so important to strive to maintain a healthy and happy culture and create environments in which everybody can flourish. From the beginning, culture has always been really important. And you know, to this day, culture is actually the number one priority in the company. And our whole belief is that if we get the culture right, then most of the other stuff, like delivering great service or building a long-term enduring brand, will just happen naturally on its own. Hi, everyone. I'm John Mullins, your host. You've just heard Tony Shea from Zappos and Richard Branson from Virgin talk about the importance of company culture. Today, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into that by answering some very critical questions. Stay with us. So this week, I thought we'd take a little bit of a different stance and we'll maybe answer some questions that have been popping up over our timeline and uh, have been relevant to our discussion over the last couple of weeks. And one of the most fundamental questions, I guess, is what is culture? So if you Google culture in any shape or form, especially, I guess, company culture, you'll notice that it talks about some common things. And those words that come up very often are shared values, beliefs, attitudes, standards. I think something that maybe gets a little bit closer to the mark for me is where they talk about culture, company culture, organizational culture being about shared beliefs and behaviors. Culture is not always well defined. You know, organizations sometimes allow culture to evolve organically over time. And the problem, I think, with that is, of course, when it evolves into something negative and even toxic. So how does that happen? In my view, I mean, you know, toxic cultures are not something that happens like through some kind of magical event or occurrence. It happens through behavior. And when you talk about behavior, you're talking about people. So it's good old simple people behaving badly. And if that is true, then what we're saying is culture is actually about your people. Or another way, people are your culture. Maybe even more accurately, people in action are your culture. And sometimes this can happen almost passively and actively, I guess. You could say that when people are in the game, that's when they define your culture. Just think about passives. I mean, somebody not contributing to a conversation is also also really displaying a form of culture. Let's maybe explore a bit of an example of that even more specifically. So let's just say you have an outdated policy in your organization, something that's maybe at odds with your desired culture. A good one to think about is uh, core hours versus flexi time. I mean, that's quite topical with work-life balance. So although the, the policy might be stated pretty accurately and clearly, it's more about how managers and teams respond to that policy. So a manager who acts very rigidly on the policy, almost managing by policy, that's a person who's defining the culture in their very actions. Now take the manager who questions the policy, maybe tests assumptions, asks the question of whether that actually really is still accurate or relevant to the culture. That's a different type of cultural response. So it's all about it being in the action, which is why we say if you can change behavior, you can actually change culture. So let's look at another question. I see here we have one that says, how do you align people to culture? There's a saying that says, define and align. Now, that's a very common approach to culture. 
So while it's not wrong in itself, I think it is a little bit limiting. There are some great tools out there to help align people to culture. I think of uh, things like the Barrett Values Assessment Tools. Uh, in, in that kind of case, you can select and define different current and desired organizational values, and maybe even also define individual values. It's a valuable exercise then to understand the gaps or the challenges you might have in aligning people with culture, because now you have three different sources of data, you know, current organizational culture values, desired values, and then people's individual values. And when you look at the differences, you can spot quite clearly where you might have those gaps. But the question is, now what? Another tool that I've come across before is the, the sort of competing values framework. You may have heard of it. You're welcome to Google all these things and uh, you'll soon discover that I think it was Quinn and Cameron that came up with a very useful framework called the, the competing values framework. Uh, I think it's also a great tool, maybe even a little bit more useful than just looking at the, the values gaps. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you use the tool, what you'll discover is that they talk about four different types of culture in an organization. So over many years of research, they've discovered that organizations can be classified, I guess, into these four categories. So the four types of organizational culture they talk about is collaborative, creative, controlling, or competing. And I know they use other words as well to describe these, but for now, we'll stick with that. As a practical exercise, you can then ask for tangible examples from your organization, or maybe even stories that allows you to plot where the organization might be in these four categories. And that's pretty useful because now what you're doing is you're actually using real examples of behaviors that have been seen in the organization, not just identifying values that you might like or values that you think you possess. So by getting this awareness, it provides you a great way to identify where do you now prioritize change? Okay, so the assumption is you know what culture you want. So let's face it, I mean, Organizational culture does need to serve some kind of purpose, and the purpose can often be described as wanting to drive up levels of engagement of your people, which in turn then drives higher performance and ultimately higher success for your organization. So this is why I think it's sometimes better to extend the model of define and align, which I said previously was maybe a bit limiting. And I think if you extend it to define, align, design and refine, so then what you're saying is the design refine part is actually a collaborative method. It's what you use to help people to practically identify behaviors and culture change at a level where they implement the actions. And the emphasis on this is on transparent collaborative teamwork, not just the top-down kind of alignment exercise you'd expect from leadership. It happens at team level where culture really is in action. The value of the collaboration is that it's people identifying actions, behaviors, tools, resources, policies even, in a way where they take ownership. So you're empowering them to actually be involved in designing the culture. Here's another very good question that, that I've seen often. How does behavior really influence culture? Well, if you think about it, let's say you've defined your desired culture already. And as a leader, what do you then wish for? I mean, what is the next thing that you're going to try and do? In my view, leaders try to fill their teams with people who will positively impact the culture. I mean, it makes sense. That's why you see more and more people right now trying to hire on culture fit. It's easier to actually reskill somebody in an organization than to actually change culture. But the fact is, we all know there are literally thousands of people right now who are working probably at a level of disengagement or even in environments where the workplace culture is toxic. So what do we do about that? Well, first, I think we must understand the importance of this simple triad. Think about personal, social, and environmental factors impacting quite heavily on culture. Each of these things influences and cross-influences behavior at some level. So for example, 
you know that you personally can influence your environment and at the same time your environment can actually influence you and i want you to think about it in simple terms i mean you all know that you have a group of people and one individual can actually bring the entire mood down of of that group just by their cynicism their attitude a comment they make something that they've actually done to influence the whole mood of a group so individually you definitely can influence culture the same is true for the social side and for relationships i mean teams can influence other teams individuals can influence other teams there's definitely a cross influencing kind of effect that happens with these different elements from a culture perspective we have to pay attention to all three of the levels as a leader if you want a great culture you will have to work at all three levels i mean there's just no doubt so i think that you need to like ask yourself what is the environment like you know if we're going to take it at that level what is the environment like is it growing or is it killing the desired culture everything from workplace design tools resources workplace policies is this growing people or boxing them in and if you like move to the social level you could be asking yourself questions like what are the teams and relationships like how are people actually getting along what are the levels of eq in the team or the emotional engagement that people have with each other what can you do to promote better team relations so one way to create better interpersonal relationships amongst teams is to create the space for them to interact and that can be on work levels on play levels you know maybe create scenarios where they can actually address a problem cross functionally as a team uh, be deliberate about creating those opportunities in those spaces and then the classic team building type events can also help build better bonds better relationships amongst people when they're outside of work and gallup has told us that for years you know friendships at work are one of the factors that have a huge impact on employee engagement so if you're not going to pay attention to interpersonal relationships at work as a genuine measure or a genuine area to manage you're actually probably doing yourself a disservice with trying to manage your culture finally the last part of the whole we me people first approach to culture is definitely focus on the person themselves I think if you prepare to move beyond just skills and talents and start paying attention to beliefs and attitudes of individuals you will have a different kind of perspective on how that person contributes to culture. I mean if it's all just about skill and talent then you're only interested in outputs and I think we've heard this many times before that you know taking a more holistic view of an individual is a better way to understand how they're going to contribute positively to your culture. And this happens at all different levels in the organization. You know, I do think that leaders set the tone for culture, but each individual is a puzzle piece in your culture, so you have to pay attention to them at whatever level they are in the company or organization. If you truly find someone, you know, out of step with organizational values or culture, you do have to take action. Now, I definitely agree with this that in a great culture, the team actually influences the behavior change. They're the ones who recalibrate the kind of behavior within the team. And it's very seldom that somebody from a leadership position has to come in and take action. but that's when you really feel like you have your culture well established the reality is though that you have to take action that's the point if you allow that sort of behavior that misalignment that out of step behavior to continue that starts to influence and define the new culture so very importantly as well i don't think that culture is about trying to rid yourself of diverse thinking you know you're not trying to create a bunch of robots that all speak the same language all look the same and that's when you start stepping into cult behavior and not culture what you're actually after is a system like a, i guess an ecosystem of people where they are positively evolving your culture for you and that culture is supporting the growth of your organization so when you're not moving forward or you're going a little bit backwards even you know you have a culture crisis so let's recap a couple of things number 1 culture is more important 
than just shared beliefs. Culture is about people in action. It's when you see things happening at a behavior level. Number two, you align people with culture by involving them in the design and the refinement of that culture. It happens from the team level and not a top-down only approach. Empower your people to be part of the process and your culture will evolve in the way you wish. Number three, it's important to manage behavior in culture at different levels. The three levels where things happen are personal, social, and environmental. If, you, if you're very aware of those things happening around you and the way they cross-influence each other, you will have a better chance of managing the right kind of outcome for your culture. So I hope this has helped you in your quest to develop and establish great company culture. I mean, we're here to talk more about this over the next couple of weeks. I look forward to the next episode where we're going to be also looking at inviting guests to come and share some of their thoughts and experiences. And we hope to have a really great conversation going forward as we explore our own curiosity about engagement and building great places to work. See you later, folks. Thank you for joining us on the People Switch podcast. Make sure to visit www.peopleswitch.co.za where you will find more on how to build engaging company cultures and experiences to unlock the power of people. Catch up on our previous episodes, subscribe to our feed and follow us on Twitter. People Switch, turning people on, keeping them engaged.